going to give it to you. Right here, right now, on your aunt's favorite podcast, The Tennis Podcast. This is the show where we guess each other's top 10 lists. This week, I'm unfortunately joined once again by the evil doctor himself, Buster. Buster, how is you? Well, I'm good now that I know that it's going to be given to me. By X. X. And all of his homies. All of which are hopefully still alive, even though X has unfortunately passed. Yes, R.I.P. X. Which is just four letters in a row. R.I.P. X. <laughs> Gone, but never forgotten. Gone, give it to you. <laughs> Buster, you are on the show once again. The host of the Tinnish Podcast, yep. You're on this weird campaign to try to take over as host of the show. There's a lot of similarities between you and Stop the Steal from last year with this podcast host situation. I hear your kitty meowing. He's meowing in protest because of the amount of delusion that you're under, thinking that I'm the one putting up on a front that I'm the host, because I'm sitting here, I've been here for over 170 episodes now, and it's just... Okay, so when the listeners look back at the 181 past episodes, Mm -hmm. they're going to see, not that I've been on all 181 episodes to date, they're going to see you're there and I'm not. Yes, correct. Okay. Well, this is a really weird fucking fantasy we're traveling down, so let's pull our heads out of our asses for just a second, Buster. I know that's uncommon territory for you to be out of the the ass with your head, but uncharted territory. Why don't you tell me and the listeners, do us all a mercy and tell us what the hell we're going to be talking about today. Well, today's list is something, speaking of fantasies, that I bet many listeners have fantasized about. Maybe they've completed themselves, but they're probably still fantasizing about it for some reason or another. Mm. The top 10 list tonight is something, contains something that both you and I partook in during the year of 2021. 2021. So something that happened last year. It's the top 10 reasons why people blank during 2021. Uh, travel? Okay, traveling uh, probably factors into some of this, but it definitely is something that has been in the news since uh, COVID began. Isolating or uh, okay. quarantine? Isolation and quarantining definitely made people think about doing this more. I'll go ahead and give it to you. Jerk off? <laughs> Top 10 reasons why people jerked off in 2021. What a list. Yeah. Now, this is the top 10 reasons why people left their jobs during 2021. Oh, I did do that. People who changed a job or a career during last calendar year. Some people in the narrative will call it the great resignation, a.k.a. the big quit and the great reshuffle. The big quit. I like that. My sources today are a lot of them. Get your pens and paper ready. Forbes, BBC, Psychology Today, United Van Lines, Care.com, BetterHelp.com, Harvard Business Review, and a particularly spicy subreddit called Anti-Work. Oh, are we done yet? Oh, God damn. Is it episode 182 yet? Is this a job you'd like to quit? Because that would just give me the rightful ownership of the show and everybody can rejoice. <laughs> You have to let that go. So this is the reasons people, I'm guessing there's a survey of some kind or something that said, why did you leave your job? Correct. The actual data was collected by Forbes. Okay. And this is 2021. 
2021, 65% of people during 2021 pondered whether or not they should leave their current job. That's it? Either because of the pandemic or related to ideas or concerns that have started since the pandemic. People reevaluated how and where they want to work. An estimated 47 million people left their jobs during 2021. That's 14% of the American population or one in seven individuals changed their job last year. It's interesting because everywhere you go, like just driving around any town USA, every single business it has hiring signs in the window. And like we just built a house in 2021, in fact, moved in in 2022, though, and it took forever. It was six months behind schedule because there's no one working. There's no builder. So, I mean, you, you see the effects of people leaving their jobs all over the country. Absolutely. And I would attribute this because this generation is the laziest sack of no working, do good individuals I've ever heard of or come across. Where's the I did that Joe Biden stickers <laughs> yeah. when you need them so he can just plaster them everywhere? What we'll include in this list is some overarching narratives about why people are quitting their jobs, whether they may be or may not be. Incorrect. But I can tell you that based on the reasons on this list, I am here to tell you that people did not quit their jobs because they're lazy and they're just sitting at home right now. The unemployment rate is down nearly 4% since right. February 2021. So people aren't quitting the jobs so they can sit at home and play Call of Duty and reap those Biden stimulus checks. They're getting another job. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know if you have data on where they're going. I don't. Cool. This has been a great episode, everybody. Uh, I hope that... Do you have Brandon's number handy? Maybe we can call him and see if he can come back yet. <laughs> so the trends we'll talk about in this episode, they're not declining this year. March of 2022 included nearly 5 million people losing their jobs. So the monthly rate is actually higher this year than last year. The great resignation is far from over. The way you said that, lose, 5 million people lost their job. It's actually misleading because they didn't lose their job. They chose to leave right, their right, job, right. right? I think right. I said leaving their jobs. If, if you want to adjust either your ears or the quality of the <laughs> headphone you listen to, that would All be right, great. We're going to check the tape. I'm going to replay <laughs> that five seconds of audio right now on the feed. I'm going to edit it in. Okay. And we'll hear it. The funny part is you'll just edit this whole thing out if you were wrong. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. Nearly 5 million people losing their jobs. So nearly 5 million people losing their jobs. So, so with that, why don't you take a gander, I guess, a peek, a boo, around the corner and <laughs> guess yourself something you think is not on the top 10. Not in the top 10. These are reasons people left their job. Yeah, what do you think is not a popular reason to leave their job? I'll bet fighting in the army is not in the list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Due to a U.S. military draft that did not occur during 2021. That's, yeah. that's not on the top 10. I'll bet to go write the great next American novel is not in the top 10 either. To not become a freelance writer. That, something like that might come up because of one of these reasons. But yes, I would say people would have to pick up books or even recognize what a book is before they start <laughs> reading enough to turn around and or be Or a Kindle, sir. Sure. Quick aside, I was somewhat disappointed one time when I was traveling through the Dallas-Fort Worth airport and my bag, my carry-on bag got flagged because there was a really thick book in the end of the duffel bag. 
and uh, the screener didn't know what it was. And I just thought, mm, that's a tough one. And it was a really thick Karma Sutra book <laughs> that you're just going to look at on the plane by yourself. Yeah. All pictures, no words. 800 pages. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so please, for the love of God and listeners at home, please do not spoil this list. I bet you can, I bet you can wager a pretty fair guess what number one is. Yeah. What do you think's near the bottom of the list? They want to spend more time with their family. Okay. Spending more time with the family, I'm going to tweak that guess because it is pretty close. We're coming in right at number five, halfway up the list at lack of flexible work schedule. We're halfway down the list. It depends on the way you're looking at it. These people are looking at it half empty because they said, see you later, I'm out. Lack of flexible work schedule. It covers a broad range there of things. It does. Any sort of lack of flexibility. And I'm not talking about yoga. We got 45% people. Or Karma Sutra. For, <laughs> 45% of people mentioned this as a reason, 24% of them rated this as a major reason for leaving, 21% said it was a minor reason they left, but nearly half of the people. And I will say, I personally have left a job because the shift was not flexible. This goes from my all-time least favorite job I've ever had, and this was the working the night shift at Target. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I was so tired at this job that I fell asleep standing up with my head down in a shopping cart. My heart goes out to anyone who works third shift overnight, and that schedule killed me, and that's ultimately why I walked away halfway through the summer. I've never worked night shifts, and I fucking never will. I just, I don't have the body or the mind for it. Yeah. Or the booty. You could say that again. You don't have the body for it. So, many people <laughs> gripe about that they have a lot of difficulty making appointments during the day, which yeah, I can do. Yeah. Like, that is a huge, huge thing. And as you know, I've worked from home uh, for since well before COVID. Since 2015, I've been working from home. And I know some people don't like it, but I love it. And one of the main reasons I point to is the flexibility to, okay, I have a doctor's appointment in the middle of the day, no big fucking deal, I just go. Or I need to run an errand in the middle of the day, no big deal, I just go. Or I need to take a shower at three o'clock in the afternoon, no problem, I go do it. And then I, when I come back from the shower, I stay naked. <laughs> Well, because I can't. By that time, you've only got about 30, 45 minutes, depending on how lengthy of a shower you took. So it's really not that amount of much time to be naked. Yeah. But 90% of people said that they would like more flexibility in their job. But according to Harvard Business Review, only 47 people report having enough flexibility. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes into you not being willing to ask your supervisor. Maybe, but some supervisors either make it clear or you just know without having to ask that they're not going to be flexible and work with you, which is such a shitty, stupid thing to do for a supervisor. I mean, obviously within reason on both sides. Yeah. But flexibility in a workday is something that you don't fully appreciate until you don't have it anymore. Mm, that's true. Right now, I'm guessing, with, especially in like the service industry and a lot of like the starting positions at companies. But they're feeling that lack of flexibility because everyone's so shorthanded mm. that people are picking up extra shifts and shit like that. And those of people who haven't cracked open that 800 picture book of Kama Sutra are also not feeling very flexible. And Nick, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you like commuting when you didn't work from home? I hated commuting. However, I have commuting to thank for discovering podcasts. Mm. My first job out of college that I stayed at for a few years, that's where I met Brandon, the original sidekick host of the show. 
superior, better, way better than Buster Sidekick host. <laughs> Holy shit. Can we sidebar for a second? God damn. Oh, I miss him. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's where I met Brandon. And Brandon is the one who convinced me to start listening to podcasts. The rest is history. But that podcast consumption was very easy to do to and from work. You know, I had like a 30, 40 minute drive each way. It was almost as easy as your consumption of that hot dog in Atlanta over the trash can. I have no frame of reference for that. You might be thinking of Brandon, who did mm. something that sounds very similar to what you're describing. So since working from home, I've had to get more creative about when and how I listen to podcasts. Yeah. Because I don't have that like standing, okay, I know I'm going to be in the car at this time and that time every day. I absolutely hate the test commuting. It's actually part of why I switched career paths, specific career avenue. I didn't want to commute very long. I know, first world problem, but that commuting time is adding on top of what people are saying about this lack of flexibility. So enough belly aching from me. Wait, no, no, no. We got to ask, Nick, what would you do to give your, uh, your peon some more flexibility at work? So if I'm someone that, and I have employees under me that need flexibility, what would I do to help them out? That's right. I mean, because God knows anyone who works for you will be bitching 24-7 about how <laughs> awful it is. So what's one way you can make their day just 1% brighter in the terms of flexibility? I have had subordinates that report to me before. Uh-huh. And yep, I they're on the think... call, actually. <laughs> I brought them here tonight to confront you. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maury Povich style. Turning into one of those shows. Oh, man, that'd be fucking weird. Let's not do that. But I was going to say, I can't think of a single time where somebody came to me and said, hey, I have this at that tomorrow, where I said, absolutely fucking not. And shame <laughs> on you for even fucking bringing it up. And then I, you know, punched them in the head. That's just never, I don't know. I just feel like within reason, like you'll notice a pattern if the same person's asking for flexibility on something every week or every other day or every month. But until a pattern arises, just let the people work with them, have some flexibility. That's right. And I know some jobs, it's not as easy, obviously. I mean, I'm only speaking from my personal experience. Sure. All right. Gander, another guess here. So that was number five. So I'm going to guess that, well, we were just talking about commuting. Is commuting separate from flexible work schedule? Commuting is not on the list, but I will give you something that has to do with traveling distances, and that would be number eight. People claim they left their job last year because they needed to relocate. They were moving on out, baby. Ah, I knew it. Moving on up. Relocate. Okay. So I'll say you and I had a similar job at a veterinarian once upon a time. And that was the longest job I've had to date, which is a little sad. Yes. <laughs> considering I'm now in my early 30s, it's always funny to think about. And the reason I left that job, which I did love so much, is just because I left the town. Right. But you see, both with this and lack of flexible work schedule, and I'm going to guess most, if not all of these on the list, these things existed as reasons prior to COVID as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But they ramped up and, you know, COVID throwing things online with Zoom and Microsoft yeah, Teams. Yeah. People are able to relocate and all of a sudden they're, they've been living in Tennessee because they have to right, for the job, right. but then suddenly they're like, man, maybe we should move to Vermont, which actually Vermont of the 50 states has the most people moving in last year. Huh. You'll never guess second place. That'd be good old South Dakota and South Carolina coming in at third, which is actually funny because I have two friends, Dane and Michael, who both moved to South Carolina. Did you want to give their addresses and social security numbers too while you're at it? <laughs> Jesus. 
The state who has the most people leaving is New Jersey, followed by Illinois. Yeah, I wonder why. Okay, so relocating is number eight. So you've had to do that. Uh, I've not had to leave a job simply for relocating, but I have turned down jobs that asked me to relocate. Mm, because you thought you were too good for them or? Absolutely. Yeah. I knew that after carrying your huge fucking ass <laughs> on this show, I'd have no energy left to move or relocate. Nick, here's a question. During last year, did you know anyone who went on the road who decided to be mobile and not live in a house? This was before 2021, but I did know somebody who, what are those things called? A wind stream? Not a wind stream. Uh, RV? These little, no, well, they're like little mobile vehicles. They have a name. Vans? It's like a small, a tiny house on wheels, mm. basically. Anyway, I can't remember what they're called, but she lived in one of those and she would, and she worked at the job I was at. She would, was remote and she would park in a different like national park mm. in the Southwest of the United States, usually Arizona, Nevada, places like that. And she'd work and then she'd fucking live the life. There's a part of that style of working that seems so romantic to me, but then at the same time, the logistics of showering and good sleep in a tent and living in a vehicle seems like it might be a little bit too much trouble. But, you know, like a week or a month here or there, I, I could see that being pretty legit. You know me, I'm married with two kids and I live in a house. I wish I could live more than one life, right? Because I'd love to experience life with kids and again, without kids. I'd love the freedom of living on the road like that. I'd love the, the stability of living in the house like that. And just like sometimes you can't have both, right? Well, you know, Nick, sometimes when people feel really bad that they can't keep an animal any longer, they'll do what they think is humane, which I actually think is horrible. Sometimes they'll just drive out in the middle of nowhere. And they'll just set them free and hope that they live. So, have you ever considered that doing with your children? Just seeing what happened and then you can hit the open road? Yeah. Well, I'm actually on my third set of children right now. <laughs> okay. The first two sets have been let go in the wild. And I'm thinking this third set might stick. Well, it's funny you mentioned Don't that. know about the third wife though. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have your first two set of kids on the line here with me tonight. <laughs> oh, man. So... I forgot to mention up top, 35% of people, 35% said that they moved because they had to relocate. And one of the overarching narratives about this corner of the Great Resignation, people said that they thought savings made possible during the pandemic because people had to stay home and they got to go out less and travel less, yeah. gave them a greater ability for lifestyle change and location. That's interesting. And it brings up a larger question. I think we all recognize that the effects of COVID will be felt for a long time as far as like the quarantine period. You know, in the grand scheme of things, as far as like heavy duty quarantine and everything being closed, at least in America, that was just a few months. Yeah. You know, but that few months will have an impact on American life and culture for like decades to come. And what you just said is an example of that, where people, if they changed their lifestyle, it forced them to change and then they found that they either liked it or they saved enough money to change their life full time. So, kind of, kind of a, a metaphor for that, if you think of like an, an Olympic style athlete who's running a foot race, if one of those athletes just paused for three seconds, three seconds doesn't seem consequential, but how much effort and strife to have to do to put in to regain those three seconds, they're probably never going to make it up. And I think that's what we're going to be feeling for many years to come. Yeah. Here's an interesting stat. 
job transfers, so where your job requires you to move to a new place. That accounted for 60% of people who relocated in 2015. Just six years later, that's down to 9%. Jobs are no longer forcing people to move as much, and I think that's because they're working online. They don't have to move across state lines anymore. Right. What we were just talking about with COVID and quarantine changing just American life. Well, not just American, by the way, all, you know, every country, but also companies. These major companies are, have changed the way that they recruit people to work for them, unless you're fucking Elon Musk or Amazon and you still force people to work (laughs) in office, but. Pee in Gatorade bottles and run in between their breaks. And so Nick, if one of your employees wanted to relocate, what awful scare tactic would you employ to make them stay at your company? I'd start telling them about all the haunted witchcraft and voodoo that happens in that part, in that part of the world that they want to move to. They'd say, oh, I, I'm looking at moving into Vermont. And I'd say, oh, you don't want to go to Vermont. Haven't you heard about the fucking satanic rituals they do in that small little town you're moving to? See, the, That's what the hints would start subtle at first. You'd just be, yeah, you'd make right. sure they overhear a conversation about Vermont with you on the phone. And then it would escalate to you, like, sending them articles about haunted places in Vermont. <laughs> and then I'd infiltrate their social group to where I'd, be, I'd find someone close to them that's not me and be like, hey, can you send this Vermont article and a text yeah. to this guy? And I'd kind of, in a way, ruin that person's life and kind of take it over to make sure that they stay put and remain a good, productive little worker bee. But hey. Right where I can keep them under my thumb. All for the bottom line. Yep. And the power trip. So Yeah, so what's your next guess? Hmm. Okay, well, this one has got to be high. I don't think it's number one, though, and that's that they dislike their boss. None of them specifically said they dislike their boss, but I think they've said it in a more respectful or underhand way. Number three, so you were right. It is coming up in the top three. Takes a bronze medal today. Felt disrespected at work. Nick, for the folks at home, can you tell people what does it mean to be disrespected? A big one. It's pretty similar to what you do to me every time I come on the show. No, that's not true. It should be pretty easy to define. But disrespect, like, yes. Am I disrespecting you? Probably. (laughs) But do you deserve the disrespect? That's That's the important thing to think of. But at the workplace, it is important to show everyone above and below you enough respect that they uh, deserve in the workplace. Things are tight right now. A lot of service industries are really feeling stretched thin (laughs) and you're laughing at something. Yeah, you're using these adjectives like tight, stretched thin. You got to give respect to the people on top of you and on bottom of you. And I just can't help but ask. Are are we not talking about rough animal sex? (laughs) Are you you still referencing the Kama Sutra book? You got to let that go. (laughs) We've moved on. Buster, this entire time we've been talking, the Karma Sutra book has been right here. I'm looking at it. How can I move on when it's right there? So care.com defines disrespect, the way people feel disrespect at work, including micromanaging, leadership changing their minds without informing their employees, feeling replaceable. Am I right? Not feeling heard. Name calling. Nick knows what that is all about. (laughs) Name calling. (laughs) Sorry. Can you imagine if your boss just outwardly name calls you at work? I've never experienced that. That shit happens. I know it does. Or bosses like bully or belittle people in a crowded room to like get a laugh. (sighs) That's so awful. That shit, I've not really been a victim of that. At least not knowingly. I think that's because it's typically you perpetrating it. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Now it's okay to bully others and to belittle <laughs> others, but when it's happening to you, it's a problem, and I can yeah. see why people would want to leave. So you interrupted me, which is uh, feeling disrespected. Two more things here: people get actively excluded, and they feel like they're part of an overly competitive team. Right, but overly competitive team. Now, how does that disrespect? Well, so your coworkers are beating you in sales, and you're like, "Yeah, whooped your ass. You suck at this job. <laughs> Why don't you just go home?" Why don't you just go kill yourself? Yeah, right? Like, you know, toxic work environment where people just Uh come in and they they brag or they're very exclusionary. When you say toxic work environment, can you be specific? Do you mean that there's like toxic chemicals around everywhere to where with every step? it's (laughs) This is great content. (laughs) It's like stepping. That's not what you meant? So, no. I'll give an example. I started my doctorate program at a school I didn't finish. Oh, here at. he goes. He got to get that mentioned in every time, guys. <laughs> oh my God, it's my life experience. <laughs> and on the research teams, other professors would be very secretive and guarded. They wouldn't really tell you what they were doing because they didn't want you to compete or steal their ideas. They were very hush-hush, closed doors, not very collaborative. Where I ended up going to school and actually finishing my program, they'd have 10 people on their research team You'd be interested in what they're doing? Well, hell, come on over. The more the merrier. And then you'd have a, like, anyone would be open to it. And it was night and day to see that competitive versus inclusive, collaborative working environment. Yeah, but let's think about how Donald Trump would run his company. Okay. All right. Because there's something to be said. I'm playing devil's advocate. Making business great again. There's something to be said about fostering a competitive environment where everyone, where, uh, what's the saying? Rising tides raises all ships or something like that. Yeah, a rising tide raises all boats. Yeah, you're pushing each other because you want to be number one and you want to make your paycheck great again. Yes, but I think the empathy with which you do that against your fellow coworkers is a big deal. Sure. You know, I can outperform you this week and then we can still go out to happy hour and I clap you on the back and say like, man, you were close versus you suck so bad at your job that, frankly, I think you should leave. (laughs) That you say, come here, I want to show you something. And then you walk them over to that toxic work environment you're talking about. Let them inhale some of the toxic chemicals in there. And (laughs) then they'll they'll die soon and you won't have to worry about their competition anymore. 56% of people, (laughs) over half of the people in the poll cited this as a reason they left their job. 35% cited it as the major or number one contributing factor. One of the overall narratives for the Great Resignation is that with more available jobs than any time in history, people now have more choice and don't have to put up with the workplace BS. Right. So I think back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, people would roll their eyes, they'd go home, they'd have a couple drinks, try to forget about it, decompress on the weekends. Now... They don't have to. They don't have to deal with that asshole boss or coworker. They can move on. Is the asshole boss, obviously it's still a thing, but is it as much of a thing you think these days? I think there's been such a spotlight shined on that over the Mm. last, you know, since the 2000s, let's say. You saw it parodied in movies and TV shows, and there's been all this like mental health stuff recently. I just wonder if that thing is more kept in check than it used to be. I would take a guess that it's getting better, but no way it's completely solved. I don't think it ever will be because unfortunately, you know, what we talk about in my line of work is that so many companies focus 40 hours a week or more on making the gadget. 
We make the gadget better. We produce gadgets. Let's make more money with gadgets. What they're a lot of times not trained on, especially if they rise within the ranks within that company making the, the, the gadget, is they were never taught how to work with people, how to give people bad news or hire the right individuals. And so I think right. people skills are, are lacking even if they've been promoted to leadership. And so that will always kind of breed a, a boss that's going to be disappointing. And I want to take a second here to check our privilege for a second. You know, we've mentioned a few times like, oh, I've never really had that like massive disrespect in like a, a meeting full of people from a higher up. But <laughs> Oh, you said that. I have. My very first oh. job ever. I quit on the spot because my, <laughs> my boss was a terror. Is this like teenager? I was 15 and a half and I worked for a local hamburger joint. Oh, and that's right. I, I didn't still know you hate quit this. on the first day. I still hate this. No, not on the first day, but I quit on the spot. Oh, okay. When she was like screaming at me in the middle of a shift and I just left. Who needs that shit? I mean, well, in her mind, she's like, this snot nose kid's a dime a dozen. He walks out, I'll just replace <laughs> right. him. In his... But these days, she'd have a hard time filling that role, I think. Anyway, what I was going to say is I just want to recognize that we're two white men mm. and a lot of our listeners that are minorities or f female or whatever. Or stuck in a lower socioeconomic status. And even though right. they've gone to work every single day for five, six, seven, eight, nine years hating their job, they cannot leave for one reason or another. And so you're right. Right. And or they get disrespected all the time, but because mm. of their situation, they can't leave or whatever. So I just want to acknowledge that fact that, you know, our respective personal work life experiences are not reflective of everybody, obviously. Nope. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's healthy to admit that we've had kind of a cush, privileged life, especially considering our jobs. I've had a lot of jobs, but I've not had a lot of terrible jobs, and I always felt like I could walk away, which I know is a luxury that many people are not afforded. Right. So, I'm not going to think that this is high, maybe in the second half of the list, but what about like a health issue? Like, I need to leave to focus on a health issue for either myself or my family. All right. I will tweak that a little bit and say 43% of people say they left their job last year because their job provided little or no benefits. Uh, benefits. Number six. Number six. 43% no. of people overall, 23% of people cited this as the major reason they left. An overarching narrative for the Great Resignation is that because people are living longer than ever before and we're working further into our 60s, sometimes 70s, before people give up the mantle of working, we really need to be focusing on our long-term goals, such as healthcare, dental, retirement, paid time off, and sick leave. We won't go down this road since it'll just put everyone in a bummer mood, but <laughs> America is like, of all the developed countries in the world, it's probably near the bottom as far as benefits go because yeah. we get a low amount of vacation time, two weeks is the standard here. I will say some of this unfortunately is rising because people feel pressured to have more of a flexible schedule. I was reading an article about how a lot of people are opting into this. So they lose their benefits voluntarily because they want a more flexible schedule and they dip their toe into something that is now being called the gig economy. They do gig work. An example would be Uber yep. or moonlighting on the side, putting together a couple part-time jobs so they can take those daytime appointments when they want to and they can control their schedule, but they're giving up a lot of these long-term benefits. 
Right, because in America, you have to have health insurance, and even if you don't legally have to, you're going to want health insurance so that you're not fucked over at some point. And yeah. to get good health insurance without paying thousands per month, you got to get it through your employer usually. So it is a balancing act. Yeah. And I, I remember reading one time, I can't remember where, but it said like if Americans, and there's other countries too, but we're Americans, so I'm going to talk about America. If Americans were not so handcuffed to needing health insurance and other health benefits from employers, it would crack wide open the creativity and more artistic side uh, because mm. people could leave their job. A lot of people stay with jobs that they hate, not for the money, but for the insurance. Yeah. And if you didn't have to do that, it would allow you to pursue your entrepreneurial side or your artistic side or your creative side because you wouldn't have to be spending 40 plus hours a week working for the man. Your Kama Sutra side, whatever you need to explore. Right. Tops and bottoms, stretched. Tops and bottoms, stretched thin. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think this gig economy where people feel obligated just to have some type of quality of life that they have to sacrifice and give up and piece together two, three, four, five side jobs. It just feels like overall that with this unshaky ground of is my health insurance even going to cover what I claim when I get sick? Because let's be real, we've all been in a bad insurance situation. We talked about on the last episode I was guest featured on. It just feels like this is like a house of cards or an overall pyramid scheme that just seems like it could totally blow sideways for someone at a moment's notice. Yeah, but enough about Kevin Spacey. <laughs> okay. And with that, let's go to your next guess. You've got number three, five, six, and eight. Well, I was trying to save this one because I'm going to think it's number one, but I'll guess it now, which is they have a new job lined up or they're changing jobs, changing careers, anything, anything like that. Um, I will go ahead and slide that guess right on over to number two, which is no opportunity for advancement. So people feel like it's a dead end job and to progress themselves or their career, they're going to have to switch up their opportunity for advancement. 63%, nearly two thirds, 63% of people said that this was a reason they left. 33%, one in three people said that no opportunity for advancement was the main reason they left. Some people claim that the great resignation has happened because since the COVID pandemic began, people have been directly confronted with their own mortality and reminded that life is short and we best make the best of it. We best make the best of it. Put that karma sutra to use. <laughs> it is kind of sad when you think about almost all of us, we spend more time working than we do anything else. We're going to come to that in a moment. And I want to plug a book that I just finished today. Absolutely stellar book. And it is just you wrote all a new up book. and down this list. Excellent. <laughs> you wrote it, right? That's what you meant? No, 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 no. Oh. One thing I think people forget when they think of people leaving jobs and saying that they're lazy and that's why that there's now hiring signs everywhere. I think people forget what it's like to work an entry level or a crappy job. And when they're near the end of their career or they're in the executive suite and they're saying these things, they expect others to just, you know, for lack of a better phrase, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Or I think there's an overarching idea of also like, well, I had to walk uphill both ways in the snow when I was your age, so you've got to suffer too. And it's like, right. well, we don't all have to suffer. Some of us can enjoy our jobs at the same time. Or we can progress as a fucking society. 
just because something was shitty for you and the generations before you. Yeah, I mean, if someone says to you, well, I had to do this or that, so you have to do it too. But it's like, yeah, well, fucking people used to have to walk miles to the fucking well to get water. And you didn't have to do that. They so also like every- died yeah. from the common cold because we didn't have antibiotics or any medicine. Right. They just need more peanut butter, but I won't go there. <laughs> oh my God. Can you think about how different, you know, fucking Socrates and, and Alexander the Great and Cleopatra would have all been if there were peanut butter around? Who knows? Who knows what, what, what kind of butterflies effect that would have? Anyway. Yes, you're right. Society as a whole is meant to advance and progress. Just because something happened for you doesn't mean it has to happen that way for the next generation. Yeah. Everything that's happened the last 200, well, since the beginning of time is going this way, you know, until we hit a wall and the fucking aliens take us and the world <laughs> and the sun goes out and we all die. It comes back to that empathy piece. You know, I often see this data cited that people switch jobs so much more frequently than they used to. And people will say, well, you know, back in my day, we worked for the same company for our whole life and we There's retired no loyalty there. That's anymore. No loyalty. And it's like, well, yeah, when you write a job description that doesn't advance and, and upward mobility is impossible or you're in a toxic work environment, yeah, you're not going to stay there for 45 years. I think it's understandable that you don't. Well, plus all the toxic chemicals that are entering your body at all times. You can't be around that for an entire career until you're ready to retire. I don't think you physically can. I think you'd die first. Sure. Let's pause and do a recap of where we stand. What, what have we have guessed already so far? I refuse to put up with these hostile work conditions. I won't recap the list. Okay. Well, you must be feeling disrespected and like you need to relocate and that's fine. I respect that. <laughs> So, so far, I have number eight. You're learning. Relocate. Number six, lack of benefits. Number five, lack of flexible work schedule. Number three, felting dis R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Did. And number two, no opportunity for advancement. Give us a guess of what comes next. So, I'm pretty certain what number one is now, but let me try to think of something else first. Number 10, coming here right at the bottom, is a requirement directly related to the beginning of this whole domino effect. Is it the company is requiring you to vaccinate? You got it. Yeah. Nailed it. Number 10 is requiring the COVID-19 vaccine. 18% of people who switched jobs said this was a, a factor in leaving, but only 8% said that this was a major factor in them Choosing to switch jobs. You got to own the libs, even if it means losing your job. <laughs> own those libs. Uncle Sleepy Joe's not telling me what's sticking my arm with that jab, <laughs> causing Uncle me to Sleepy be magnetic Joe. and making me in sterile. <laughs> yeah. Federal employees. Uncle Sleepy Joe. I forgot that. <laughs> Sleepy I forgot Joe. That yeah. Sleepy Joe thing. Yeah. Pretty well, cute. I mean, I do like it. As a nickname, it's not bad. They could be called worse. Let's not forget, it started as Sleepy Joe, and then it turned to flags being put in the back of trucks driving through downtowns all over America that say, fuck Joe Biden, so. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Things escalated quickly. It's true. So, requiring the COVID-19 vaccine, obviously, some people have, you know, health reasons for not wanting to do it. Sure. Other than that, this is on you, pal. We're not going to touch that one with a 69-foot pole, so Nick, go oh, ahead. baby. And jump on the next guess. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to give my number one then, and that is that they feel like they're underpaid. 
underpaid. Make it rain. Talking about X gonna give it to you. He's gonna make everyone God some sweet, it. sweet dollar bills. But he's not because people are leaving. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said X gonna give it to you, and he was talking about a raise, and they said, "Oh shit, I'm heading that way." He was talking about the COVID nineteen vaccine. <laughs> he's gonna give you that. X- yeah, and they said, "No hell, you're not. I'm getting out of here." <laughs> I didn't know you were working for Sleepy Joe DMA. <laughs> Coming in, big dick swinging, number one, <laughs> the pay was too low at their current position. 63% of people, nearly two-thirds, claim that this is why they left. 37% said it was the crowning factor for why they left the job. An overarching narrative for this trend of the Great Resignation is that wage increases have kept pace against inflation, hot take, and now it's a workers' market. Don't know that I agree with that. Inflation Mm. is up 8% in the last year. Housing prices are up 20% since February of 2021. I don't know that people's wages have all spiked 20% or 10% in the last 12 months. As a fact, they have definitely not. So the people who did not move jobs last year because of pay, this interesting tidbit from, I think this Harvard Business Review, said that the majority of people, when asked to assume the salaries of other jobs, they typically underestimate. And so this is, they think that this is one reason why people will put up with shitty pay for so long, is when they try to put pen to paper how much they think that their friends and other people in society are making, they think that they don't make as much as they do. So they stay put. You know, I I used to work with someone that told me you never ask for people's salary and you never tell other people what you're making. On one hand, I understand you wouldn't want to do that to avoid uncomfortable or awkward situations where a coworker might think they're making more than you, but then they find out you're making more than them might lead to some awkward conversation there. However, I would still lean toward the other way, which is the power is in the employer's hands when the employees don't share with each other what they're making. Oh, right. Absolutely. The employer has the leverage in that case because you take the power back and now everyone knows what they're making. The employer can't pull any shit anymore. So, yeah, I see both sides, but that's my default, the latter. It's kind of a sad, interesting topic to me because we all work in some capacity. We all put effort in to make some type of income, whether it be monetary or not. We all have some type of salary that we experience or that someone in our family experiences. This is something we all do. It's something we think about every single day. We spend so much of our waking life earning money, and yet so many people feel like they can't talk about it or that it's rude to talk about it or that you right. shouldn't ask. And I've never understood the social taboo around the actual numbers that people make, because if we were more honest about it and had these open conversations, it wouldn't be such a thing to frown upon, to discuss, and people might feel like they're more champion to bring it up to their supervisors or could be a bigger part of their negotiations. Agree with all that. And I also think we should consider making clothes not a thing anymore, because it's only taboo because we make it taboo. Okay. Keep going. No, that's it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Nick, let's say that you had a a paid intern at the Tennis Podcast. They said, you know, Nick, I I, I love working here, but I need a raise. And you said, absolutely not. 
What would you offer in tow instead? If you if you weren't willing to budge on that on that salary, what would you give them instead? Well, first of all, if their salary of airport hot dogs, peanut butter, and tennis swag wasn't enough for them already, if I they're asking them, for more after that, they're a bad person and should be fired. I was going to say, there's the door. Don't let it hit you on your big fucking ass on the way out. Yeah. That's what I'd say. What could any human being in the 21st century need more than hot dogs and peanut butter? Yeah. Peanut butter keep you hydrated. Hot dogs to not to eat, but to wave in the air and say, look, Brandon ate one of these in front of a trash can <laughs> everywhere you go. You don't eat it. But I think employers and employees should feel in powered to have open conversations about money. And if you can't give a raise at that time, then just be honest and explain why instead of putting that person off or kicking the can down the road. Say, look, I know that to increase the tennis budget overall, we're going to have to start an OnlyFans page. And I just haven't been willing to commit myself to that yet. So I'm sorry. I'm not altruistic enough to raise your salary just yet, but I promise you it's coming soon. Buster, the, the listeners have been asking when we're going to start an OnlyFans, and I think this is a good time to ask you if you're ready to put that booty to work and start booty clapping full time. <laughs> I'll show you the full range of uses for peanut butter if we start an OnlyFans. <laughs> As we're recording this, I'm editing the episode that you were last on, which is the most common customer complaints. Yeah. And we went on a sidebar there about how a landlord would use booty clapping to distract <laughs> their tenants from living it. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, roughly. Okay. But we talked about at the end with all the booty clapping, there's going to be so much chafing of the ass cheeks happening, right? <laughs> if you're having a booty clap every time a new issue arises at the property. And not to so, mention, it's going to be like those steakhouses where they allow you to crack all the peanut shells and just throw them <laughs> on the floor, which I've never understood. It must suck to work in one of those places. But if you're getting peanut butter involved and some booty clapping, there's going to be cracked peanuts. All, it's going to look like you just no. deforested and wood chippered an entire Amazon forest. Because no, it's be not so because much. the peanut butter. What peanut butter are you opening, Buster? What peanut butter can have you ever opened where there's full fucking nuts inside, you fucking maniac? No, the peanut butter is nice and smooth and soft. There's no deforestation Listen, happening. If I'm trying to amplify the booty clap sounds, I'm going to be using the crunchy oh. peanut butter. There's going to be whole intact peanuts in there. You're not doing the peanut butter on your ass cheeks to amplify the sound. You're doing it to prevent chafing. So you want the creamy, smooth peanut butter. Listen. It might, in fact, it might kind of muffle the sound a little bit with the clapping. This is like the three branded types of Gatorade now. There's the before, the during, and the after. All right, Nick? I've got my before uh -huh. booty clap peanut butter that pre-prevents the chafing. I've got the noise amplification, extra crunchy <laughs> peanut butter during the act. And I've got the post booty clap chafing post-performance peanut butter. I've got it down to a science. But the crunchy one, you might hurt, you might, you know, there might be some ridges poking your booty there when, when it's clapping. Hey, there's collateral damage in every profession and I'm willing to take it on. All right, listeners, you heard it here first. Let us know that you want to see Buster booty clapping with before, during, and after <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> hey, have you ever wondered, like those steakhouses that have the peanuts everywhere, like you mentioned? What if someone... They're allergic, like they don't even know that the peanuts are in there. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Like, I'm sure there's probably little stickers on the door that say, hey, there's peanuts everywhere, but, you know, maybe you're not paying attention or something, and you open the door, you just drop dead. X gave it to him. You know, there are some people who have a peanut allergy that's that strong, 
I was acquaintances with a guy when I used to live in Colorado who was allergic enough that he made out with a girl at a party who had eaten peanuts a couple hours prior and it was enough oh. he had to go to the urgent care. Shit. Can you imagine? I mean, I know peanut allergy is fairly common as far as food allergies go, but still like what a shitty thing to be allergic to because peanuts and peanut butter are so fucking good and not just that, but they're everywhere. Yeah. Peanuts are everywhere, including like a lot of the other foods that have nothing to do with peanuts are manufactured or farmed in areas that were peanuts. Anyway, it's a whole big thing. Everybody knows, but. And how was he supposed to know? Well, the funny bit is he had to get this girl's number through like an acquaintance of her friend, yada, yada, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And he had to ask her the following day, did you eat peanuts or peanut butter? And she said, yes, why? And he's he like, oh, I'm allergic to peanut butter. Little did he realize that he hadn't just made out with a girl that ate peanuts, but she's actually like the peanut queen. Like she was shoveling them in her mouth immediately before, during, and yeah. after the makeout. It was actually an intended mob hit. They rubbed her <laughs> mouth inside and out for eight hours with peanuts right before going to this party. And they said, all right, so you got to make sure the yeah. French gets them now because we need this to be a one-shot kill. And there's worse things that have your mouth rubbed with for eight hours than peanut butter am i right <laughs> yeah that's a different kind of nut that might be a little bit worse for a full eight hours work well, it depends on which karma sutra book you're reading so, <laughs> so, so should, speak, I, should i give you another guess <laughs> speaking of nut, eight hours worth of nut rubbing work you've got three guesses left i'm struggling now okay wait i just thought of one what about I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it, but like a romantic interest is making things uncomfortable at the workplace. Mm, that's an interesting guess, but reason. it's not on the top 10. Okay. I will say go with the narrative of what old people are saying about the great resignation. <sighs> old people. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> more cantankerous individuals. Yes. People the age of our president. What do they say about people? Why are they quitting work? Well, we've already covered laziness. Right, so people who are lazy want what? Uh, try, put forth effort, go the extra mile, pull okay. them up by the bootstraps. But if you're lazy, you don't want to do that, so what would you be requesting? Less hours. Less hours is number seven. People requested that their jobs just work in them too damn hard. 39% of people said that they left their job because of too many hours. One in five people, 20% cited this as the major crowning issue for why they left their job. As I mentioned, an overarching narrative in this whole great resignation is that, well, those young people are just too damn lazy. Nobody wants to work anymore. Everyone's lazy, which is not true. I mean, to be fair, it's true. For some people, but that's been true for every generation yes. in the history of humans. It is not a generational gap. I think that is yeah. just inherent in some degree of humans. They don't want to put in the work, but that is not a cause of the Great Resignation as we covered early on in this episode because more people are employed right now than they were two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Part of this overworking Americans, I think, is pushed out and marketed as this, quote, hustle culture. When I think of hustle culture, I think of people like The Rock who get, I don't know, three minutes of sleep a night and <laughs> people true. like Jocko Willink who on his Instagram posts at, I think it's 4.30 every single morning, he posts his watch showing that he's up and he's about to work out. Kevin Hart does the same. I think we kind of fetishize and role model these people who just work themselves to the bone and so people take a look in the mirror and think, well, that's what I need to do, but... 
many of us don't vibe with that and, and they, we, we leave our job because we're being overworked. That's true. But on the flip side, I think what's also true is people look at people like the ones you just said, The Rock, Kevin Hart, and they say, well, I'm never going to work that hard. So therefore, I'm not even going to try to mm. catch up with those people. Well, I think people burn out too. So the Harvard Business Review was saying that hustle culture catches up with people and eventually they end up hating their job and they'll leave a job that they otherwise would have enjoyed for many years longer, mm, but yes. they burnt themselves out by overworking. Yeah. People experiencing burnout often report insomnia, lack of immune system response, lack of energy, mood swings, oh, negative damn. self-talk, no free time, and the inability to focus on any single task for any period of time. That's some heavy shit. Did you say one of them was negative self-talk? Negative self-talk. Absolutely. What the like, fuck is that? Is that being like, God, I'm such a dumbass. Yeah. God, I'm so stupid. I can't do this. I'm, mm. I'm incompetent. I'm not good at my job, etc. So here's the plug for the book. It's called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. I just finished it today. It's all about this exact thing. Why can we not pay attention? It goes through 13 reasons why. And man, I just That's feel a like... a Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why, but go oh, It just totally encapsulates this American spirit that we've kind of like wrung ourselves dry and there's nothing left to give anymore. And many of us feel so spent and burnt out, we can't even focus on the things that we once loved to do or that we want to do. Yeah, no, and that's been, again, I've read this over the years. America was built on a message and culture of working hard and working harder than everyone else. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, where, you know, at least among, you know, major developed countries, America has some of the lowest amount of vacation time. And Americans have one of the oldest retiring ages. And it's because Americans, despite what the old timers would have you believe, worked themselves too hard. The human experience should not be defined by how many hours you put in, but it kind of is. Yeah, on your tombstone, it's not going to say how much you increase the GDP by. No, you're right. The output of your work is less important than the output of what you do outside of work. There was an, an interesting part of the chapter in that book, Stolen Focus, that several companies have started this study to see we keep people's pay the same and we just switch their five-day requirement to a four-day work week. Everything else stays the same. Their job description stays the same. Their pay stays the same, and let's see if their productivity goes up. And the company actually increased profit in 12 months. People got more done because they were wasting less time at work because in those three days off, they got to be recharged, re-energized. They loved their job. They came back refreshed, and they didn't spend as much time avoiding work or just mindlessly scrolling or rechecking email 100 times a day. They came in and they had a fire under their ass and they got the work done in four days and they had a three-day weekend and everybody kept the same salary. And I was like, man, I wish so many decision makers could hear that so they could try it out with their company as well. Well, I think you skimmed over the, the most important thing there that led to increased productivity. If they had a fire under their ass, then they want to get away from that fire as quickly <laughs> oh as <God>. possible. <laughs> that was a self-lit fire. Between fires and toxic environments, we got some dangerous workplaces we're talking about, uh, which me and Brandon did cover the top 10 most dangerous workplaces at some point in the past. That was pretty early on. That was in early. In the show's history. Almost 200 episodes now, bub. Going yeah. on four years. But I wanted to bring something up, though, before you move on, which is 
the oh the thing about the four day work week. I've seen maybe not the same study, but different studies about that. And there's been other countries in Europe that have experimented with that too. And I don't think I've ever read of anything other than a positive result from those things. I don't know how you go about like initiating that sort of thing nationwide as like a standard. I think that's going to be done over several decades, if at all. I think the proof will be in the pudding if suddenly half of the workforce only goes to work Monday through Thursday and the other half of people have to drive into the office every day on Friday. I think you're going to see a lot more resignations and people moving and then those companies are going to be compelled. They will, they will have no other choice but to try out the four-day work week. Although if they want to show that off, they shouldn't put the proof inside some pudding. They should just yell it out oh from God. the rooftops. And the last note I'll say here is unfortunately in, in many modern westernized countries, people think of an individual who's overworked, overstressed, always busy, never has time to do something. They see that as a marker of success and status. Yeah. And I think if we can turn that around, we can start to chip away at this overworked subculture we have. Yeah. But I'd really like to get someone on the show that wasn't so clearly part of the leftist agenda to <laughs> make everyone lazier and stick us with vaccine needles we don't need and make us work less. That's right. Okay. That's uh, interesting. Should I give another guess? You should. I just need number nine and four. I'm going to give you one hell of a hint. Okay. It's the opposite side of the coin we just finished talking about. Too few hours. They can't pick up enough hours to make it worth their time. They cannot pick up enough hours. Now, Nick, how do you explain this to everybody who thinks the great resignation is about lazy people? I think if people are asking, they actually want to work more. That doesn't make sense with my worldview. <laughs> There are people that work either part-time or even full-time that are on an hourly pay setup and they need more hours in order to pay their many rising bills. And if they can't get enough hours at your job, they're going to find another job that will give them more hours. I see what you think there about that, but I just think that they're going to quit and go home and play video games in their underwear and eat cereal. Well, tomato, tomato. Nope. So 30% of people overall said they left their job because they could not obtain enough work or enough hours in that position. 16% of people cited as the number one reason why they left. Often people would uh, cite a non-ideal work schedule. This could be overnight or split shifts, which I've experienced when I was a school bus driver in Colorado. I had a split shift set up. So I'd only go in, work a few hours in the morning, deliver kids to school kill some time, take a nap, and I'd go back for the afternoon slash evening shift to get all the kids home from school. So You didn't mishear that, listeners. The Dr. Buster was a school bus driver. I have had such You've a had random career. smattering of jobs in my life. Yep. And so I think a lot of people in the service industry and a lot of people who worked in the vacation industry, especially during the pandemic, felt this crunch of, I've got a job. It's supposed to be supplying me with hours, but they're just not there for me. And so I'm going to have to go find work elsewhere. They might have felt the crunch much like your ass cheeks feel the crunch <laughs> from the crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> and I'll also say I had a job doing summer maintenance at a retirement community as a full scale, like, <laughs> it's like the seventh weird random job <laughs> that none of them have anything to do with each other that you've mentioned on this show. <laughs> We should just have an episode about all the random yeah, jobs the I have had jobs to do. You've had. Yeah. 
That might be a bonus episode idea. So I worked at this full-scale retirement community, but they only hire temporary staff during the summers. So I eventually had to quit that job, even though I really liked it. Yeah. And ladies weren't bad there. You got to pick up a lot of chicks while you were there. Yep. If you were looking for those ladies, you definitely would have to bump the upper ceiling limit on that tender age range (laughs) you'd be willing to go for, but they're probably there. That is an interesting thought to think of people living in a nursing home having a tender account. I'll bet there are some out there. Funny you mentioned that. I went to visit some of my wife's family down in Florida this spring in a place called The Villages, which is a retirement community that spans like four or five different counties in Florida. It is massive. They have their own little sub-economies in these retirement communities, and they're notorious because apparently it's one of the places with the highest rates of STDs in America. Oh my God. Because all those <laughs> retirement people get down there in that wonderful Florida sunshine, and they say, what better to do? Oh, they show you pictures baby. of my grandchildren, and then let's head to the bathroom, <laughs> head to the bedroom. <laughs> either way, either way. Let's head to the bathroom to take the dentures out, and then let's head to the bedroom, and you can leave that cane behind because you won't be standing up. Or you can keep the dentures in, depending on what you're into. But I think it's time to reveal to the folks at home that this Karma Sutra book we keep referencing is full of, it's exclusively old people in the modeling shots. I actually wrote this Karma Sutra book during my time at the villages (laughs) from all the things that I witnessed in person. It's like that Parks and Rec episode where all the old people can't stop having sex. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's exactly like that. Yeah. So, for the okay, last... Okay, so that's Buster's time working at an old person home <laughs> yeah. where you didn't get enough hours. For the last item... Was that number nine? That was number nine. So, number four okay. is what we have left. Now, Nick, use your imagination mm-hmm. and think what's on the opposite spectrum of the elderly folk? The young folk. How might the young folk complicate a job or a position? School or other commitments getting in the way of being able to work. What type of commitments? So after school activities. Okay, after school. And who's attending those after school activities? Teenagers? Children, Children. right? Child care. Children, child care. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant teenagers that were working were... Ah, no, 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 no. Slightly different than that. Number four is child care issues. They have trouble finding child care solutions with their job. So 48% of people said overall they left their job because of some type of childcare and 25%, one in four people left their job last year because of childcare issues. Part of that is due to the rising costs of childcare. Right. And talk about something that really kind of reared its ugly head during the quarantine era when people were having to not just work from home, but also their kids were having to do school from home and all of you are in the same place. And sometimes people are in like a one bedroom apartment or something and there's several of you there at the same time trying to do these things. Very challenging time to be a parent or a kid during that time. So you had that situation. You work from home and you had your children or at least one of them in school on a computer. That must have been tough. Yeah, tried doing a remote homework with a preschooler see how that goes, or a Zoom class with a preschooler while trying to work. But we got through it. People had it worse than, than I did. Sure. But it's still, it's still a struggle. And I think people during that, they couldn't find anyone to keep their kids. 
So here's the latest facts from last year. $695 per week is what the average person can expect to pay for a nanny. God damn. $226 a week for traditional types of daycare. Parents report they're cutting back due to childcare costs in other ways, in other parts of life. Half, 51% of people polled said they took less vacation in 2021 because childcare was so expensive. And nearly half, 45%, said they went out to eat less just because of the rising childcare costs. Oh. In addition, 31% of parents said that they are considering adding another job. Talk about that American hustle and grind. Mm. 31% are considering another job just to make ends meet for childcare costs. And 21% of people, nearly one in four last year, polled, thought about leaving the workforce entirely to stay home so they could stop paying for childcare. The irony, right? The irony works a couple of ways. First of all, you need childcare. You need someone to watch your kid so you can work. But in order to pay for someone to watch your kid while you work, you need to work more and get a second job. (laughs) So there's irony there. Separate from that, there's irony in, well, I want to work to make money. But by doing that, I need someone to watch my kid and pay them. Therefore, it's not even worth it to make money working. Yeah. It's a shitty thing. And I think for many people, when you're comparing apples to apples and you think, well, me staying home and getting to spend my life with my child or working all the time, if the money discrepancy isn't that big and we can live without, I think it's really attractive to say, hey, I want to spend more time with my child. And while I can, and while they're young, and get those years that I'll never get back, especially if they're not in school yet. Yeah. That's, um... If you're into that sort of thing, I guess, if you're into seeing your kids. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's going to be happening to me soon. I'm self-employed, and I'm not necessarily making a ton of money these days, especially with, with summer. Everybody's on vacation. So I'm looking at those daycare costs and thinking it might be time for stay-at-home da-da. Da-da. Dr. Buster is expecting his first little baby this fall. My first of nine. Nine are currently on the way, and the first one will be coming soon. If you have nine, that means you'd have ten-ish babies. Nine is almost ten. Ten-ish. <laughs> oh I'm well, so yeah, taken so... aback, I just don't even know how to transition out of that. I don't even know what to say. My advice to you is start that OnlyFans to pay for the daycare. <laughs> let's rattle back through the top 10 so number 10 the top 10 reasons why people left their jobs besides being absolutely lazy pieces of shit <laughs> like everybody yep, thank you somebody had to say it like everybody under the age of 50 apparently is these days or at least that's what some news stations will lead you to believe number 10 people left because their job required the covid vax Number nine, they were not getting enough hours. Number eight, they needed to relocate. They wanted to move to a different place. Number seven, they were being overworked, burnt out too many hours. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine, number seven, remind me of Walk Hard to Do a Dewey Cox story when he's coming off the drugs and the doctor comes in the room and yells, he needs more and less blankets. I'll insert a clip into this episode. Yeah. It's fucking It's a deep it's cut if you haven't seen the movie, but as a as a <laughs> yeah. must watch. Oh, I'm cold at the same time. He needs more blankets 
number six, no benefits. Friends without benefits and the job comes with no benefits. Number five, the job was not flexible. Number four, lack of childcare or childcare was competing with their ability to work. Yep. Number three, they felt dis R E S P E C T E D. <laughs> I already made that joke. Well, I made it better. Just like this show. Wow. Number two, no opportunity for advancement. And number one, they just can't get enough money and they're screaming for X to come give it to them. They need a raise. They're not paid <laughs> no, enough. X is giving them the Rona vaccine. <laughs> he said, RIP X. Let's take a much needed break from list guessing and especially the good Dr. Buster to read some podcast reviews from fine little folks like you. Every week on this show, I read reviews, and I'm going to start this week from a guy named Kurt on Good Pods. Kurt on Good Pods said, infotainment at its best. Short, sweet, and I know I might be in the minority here, but I like the word infotainment. I think it's underused. We've sometimes referred to our show as edutainment. Hmm, maybe I'll run a poll. What's better, infotainment or edutainment? Either way, Kurt, I like it. Appreciate you listening and writing us a infotaining little review there. One more here. It's again from the Good Pods app. This one comes from Jason and Lisa Marks. Quote, I mean, wow, so funny. I love this more than I can say. That was laden with exclamation points. And first of all, thank you for the review. But secondly, say it. Say how much you love us. I love it more than I can say. It's a strong endorsement. But I'm going to ask you to be more specific next time when you're heaping praise upon the show. But I'll take what I can get. Appreciate that review. Appreciate all reviews. And if you want me to read your review on this show, go to the Good Pods app, Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser. Rate us five stars, leave a review. I'll read it on a future episode. And if you're listening on Spotify, I'd appreciate you tapping that little star icon near the top and rating us five stars there as well. Thank you. Let's get back to the show with Dr. Buster. You mentioned friends with no benefits on number six. Mm -hmm. So when will someone tell me the benefit, even one benefit of being your friend? Just one benefit. It's going to take a lot of bonus episodes for us to find somebody <laughs> willing to tell you that. Which you can listen to right now at tennispod.com slash plus. Help me leave my full-time job and podcast full-time. There we go. So that we can hear in full-time Nick gripe and complain about editing this show. <laughs> what? Did I do that even once this time? <laughs> Before we wrap up the episode, you, men you mentioned Friends with Benefits. And yeah. you had mentioned earlier, I don't know if I've mentioned this on a previous episode or not, but it's a, it's a funny anecdote. You mentioned about people leaving because they fell in love with someone at work. Yeah. When I first became an adjunct instructor at my first college that I worked at, there was a, a four, there was a, like a four hour training session that everybody was mandated to go to who was a new employee at the university who was teaching, this is teaching staff and faculty. So I go to this thing and I assume it's going to be all about the legality of getting sued for sexual harassment. It was going to be all about what you need to do to make sure that you're respectful of everybody, no matter what their gender, creed, race, etc. was, religion. 
But about 10 minutes into the seminar, I quickly realized that the university policy, and I'm pretty sure that this is probably pretty standard amongst universities, is not don't fall in love with your students. It is when you fall in love with your students, tell us as fast as you can because there's an instructor grading conflict and we'll get them switched into a different section. And I was flabbergasted. Oh, we can't have the grading conflict out of everything, <laughs> out of all the baggage that comes. I was flabbergasted, especially in the 21st century when we've got so many workplace issues and litigation and sexual harassment. Most universities' policy is, well, we know that instructors and students are going to end up fucking at some point, and when it happens, just tell us so that we can switch their section to a different instructor. It just baffled me. I thought that was so crazy. It's like the Catholic Church switching priests around when there's child abuse. Just trade and trash. Not quite that heavy, but you get the point. So, this... (laughs) When I, my first job was as a bag boy at our local grocery store, and they had us watch a video during our orientation with an old man holding a pickle up to the camera, like <laughs> zooming, and he said, give him the pickle. I'm dead serious. It was a video about customer service, and you know, you got to give the customer what they want. Give them the pickle. And I've never forgot that. And I've given a few people the pickle since then. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Did, did you switch their sections so that there wasn't a grading conflict? Absolutely not. I welcome grading conflicts. Now, Nick, speaking of why people left their jobs, can you tell the folks at home why you end up leaving that job at the grocery store? It's one of my personal favorites. We covered this last time. I don't need to relive it. Last time on what? (laughs) Which episode? The one you brought, customer complaints. Oh, did we? I may have been caught borrowing (laughs) a candy bar. Yeah, that's right. It was a whatchamacallit. Because I I always hope it's a Butterfinger. No, it's a chocolate whatchamacallit. A very underrated candy. What's it called? What should we call it? Hmm. Was that a joke, like thinking that you're funny? Anyway. Because that's the joke. The joke is you thinking you're funny. <sighs> well, this has been a job. This has been work getting through this. Hmm. If you're looking for the next episode you should listen to, Go to our website, TennisPod.com. We have an episode guide on there that breaks up our episodes based on categories. So if you're looking for true crime, in one place you can find all of our true crime episodes. If you're looking for episodes about movies and TV shows, there's a section for that. There's a section for food. There's a section for the workplace, which this episode will fall into. You can find that at TennisPod.com. encourage you to go there. And Buster, I encourage you to uh, shake that booty right. This is an earnest plug, everyone. Nick has not paid me to say this. I have no reason to brown nose. But when it comes to podcasts and their website, the Tennis Podcast website, which you've put together so excellently, it's really impressive. It's nice. It's got merch. Everything's there. The way you organize the episodes, there's stuff about you and the show's history and ways to watch and get connected and stuff. It's just got a good feel. And I've always appreciated your website design. And I get the chance to say it on air. And so you all should go check it out. That feels good, Buster. Thank you. Yes, go to TennisPod.com. I put a lot of work into it. And there's a lot of cool stuff for you to check out about this show that you're not going to get in your standard podcast app. Well, Buster, thanks for that. And thanks for being on the show. Looks like you're going to be back on in Check the Sketch. Well, I felt really disrespected during this episode. So we'll see if I'm back or not. You'll be back in a few weeks, whether you like it or not. 
I also think my pay could definitely be bumped a little no. bit. And I don't really see much opportunity for advancement because you keep stonewalling me for not being the host. So Stonewalling. There's also not a lot of benefits. All right, I think we're done here. Okay. Buster, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And listeners, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week with a much better sidekick host. Goodbye. Listen, can you just give me like every other week off? <sighs> Goodbye, Buster. Buster.